Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. music of a modern touch from Akshara and a brand new album out today from the rig so stay tuned this is going to be lots of fun Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by World Arts, a global platform for musicians, fans, and music industry, and by MySanFelipeVacation.com, your source for information on vacationing on the Sea of Cortez. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. These bands are here to talk with you. So you can call us, 347-215-7511, or email your questions and comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Well, I want to say welcome to our listeners at the CyberStationUSA.com network and also to uh, their radio affiliates who will be hearing us later tonight. And welcome to those of you listening to us on Stitcher or iTunes or on the Artistic Network in London. If you're listening live and have questions or comments for our guest, you can call us before 7215-7511. If you're listening to a podcast or a rebroadcast in one of our East Coast stations or in London, email your questions and we will forward them on to our guest. I should also, a program note, I should also let everybody know that the reason I sound funny is because, once again, Blog Talk Radio is having problems with its system, and um, we're using the backup system, which unfortunately means we can't use our usual studio microphone, so I don't have that great radio voice that you're all used to, but uh, hopefully it's all working. Well, you know... Carnatic music is one of India's two great musical forms, and it's believed to be a divine art form which originated from the Hindu gods and goddesses. It reaches back into the mists of ancient history, long before Western music had advanced much beyond animal-skinned drums and seed rattles. But like any classic form, it evolves and it changes in its taste. It also evolves with musical technology, and it evolves with immigration. Musician, composer, and teacher Balas Gandhan has embodied all of these forces in the music of, of Akshara, the Brooklyn-based ensemble that he founded in 2008 to explore the crossroads of traditional Kanaktic music and contemporary Eastern and Western music. The result is both familiar and exotic to the Western ear, but it's always enjoyable and it can even be healing. He joins us today with the group's latest album, In Time, and they brought a guest with him. Bala, welcome to Music Friday Live, and who's your guest? Thank you, Patrick. Uh, my guest is Max ZT, uh, also from Brooklyn. Hi, Hi everybody. Welcome. Glad Hi, to, have nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Well, before we listen to the wonderful music, and I should say that, that unfortunately one of the problems that uh, uh, Blog Talk is having now is it's having a problem just uploading sound files, so when we... Uh, went to upload your sound files this morning only actually one of them went in but we do have we do have some music of your music that we can play for our guests so before we listen to the wonderful music that you have produced in this album in time there's a mystery at least it's a mystery to me um the ensemble's name i think akshara is a sanskrit word that means fixed or immutable and yet the core of your ensemble is musical change of new combinations. Is the group's name kind of a sly inside joke? Well, that's actually an interesting question. Um, I think Akshara also, um, you know, like many words, I guess it, it sort of has multiple uh, meaning. Um, and one of them also is alphabet. And the other one is uh, a beat. Um, so in Carnatic music, 
um, we would use the term akshara to denote a, a beat. So it, it really comes from that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has other, other meanings as well. Okay, all right. Well, that solves that. Well, well while we're, we're at it, I have a feeling a lot of my listeners really don't know what Kanadic music is. So could you give us kind of the, uh, the cliff notes on that? Uh, sure. Um, I can give you a little bit of background, and, and maybe Max can have a, a, his take as well. Um, so uh, Carnatic music is, a, as you um, uh, mentioned earlier, um, there are two classical traditions um, in India, um, and sort of loosely speaking, one from the north uh, called Hindustani, which uh, obviously was made famous by people like Ravi Shankar, um, and uh, perhaps a, a lesser-known tradition um, is uh, called Carnatic, which is from the southern part of India. Um, and um, as indicated, the Carnatic music uh, started mainly in the temples. Um, so it has kind of that spiritual uh, aspect to it. Uh, but over time, it's become uh, much more of a, uh, a performance music. So uh, it went from temples into performance hall. So that's, that's the background. Okay. And, and what kind of instruments w- will we see in Carnatic uh, music? So um, a, a typical uh, Carnatic music concert would be um, uh, either a, a vocal uh, concert or a, a, a instrumental. Um, I, I would say majority of the concerts that you would hear in a, in a traditional uh, sense would be uh, a vocal uh, concert. And the two instruments that would have to be there to accompany, um, I say have to be there because it's sort of the traditional thing, is one of them interesting enough is a violin, um, and um, and the other one is uh, a, a somewhat hard to pronounce uh, name called mridangam, which is the um, uh, the percussion instrument uh, that is also featured in the Akshara album as well. Okay, and did the, the British bring the violin? Absolutely. Um, so um, it was. Um, it was actually a, a brother of a famous composer. Um, so we have three famous composers in the Carnatic tradition, and um, one, it's one of the composer's brother who heard the violin and uh, decided to bring that in and started to accompany. Um, before violin, there was an um, a Indian instrument that used to accompany vocal music called veena. And uh, um, so this gentleman introduced violin, and it basically took off um, in the middle of 19th century. And now um, you cannot have a, um, a, a traditional concert without without violin. So it's it's quite an interesting story there. Okay, all right. Um, well, I've always thought of um, Indian music as being um, uh, heavy percussion. In fact, um, I I play the cajon, which is. I don't know if you sure. the cajon. Okay, well, I, I play the cajon and, and the and the huero and and uh, some of the, the the Latino percussion instruments. But at one point in my life, uh, because I've always been interested in percussion, I got a um, a tabla as a as a birthday present, um, which I was never able to figure out. Right? Uh, yeah, it takes some time. <laughs> it, it does take some time, and I wasn't taking lessons then. I am taking lessons now, but I'm sure it's still up in the attic someplace. Well, uh, I, I, I want to play a song from the, the EP. We do have one of your EP songs that the, the platform was able to, uh, to load that emphasizes uh, drumming. And I understand you're, you're also a drummer, aren't you? Uh, I, I am a drummer, yes. Yes, Bala is a redundant player and, um, and kind of composer for everything. Aha, um, uh-huh. okay. From the record. And, um, could you each of you explain uh, what the drum is that you play? Or to... Well, I so I play the uh, uh, the the, the rangam, which is the the, the South Indian um, version of tabla, if you like. So tabla is the main instrument from the northern tradition, and from the southern tradition, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a double-headed barrel drum that that I play. Um, Max plays the the hammer dulcimer, so he's I guess he's a, he's a percussionist. Uh, um, he can probably even play drums. So I don't know um, because he's pretty good at what he does. But I'll let Max speak about what he does. Yeah, the dulcimer, um, in, you know, in the United States is used for mostly like American folk music and Celtic music. Um, yeah. And that was my background for many years before I got really interested in West African music and started studying um, and, and traveling out uh, and living in, in Senegal 
and then eventually moved to New York and got really exposed to a whole bunch of different varieties of, of music, eventually finding um, Hindustani, uh, North Indian music. Uh, there's an earlier form of the dulcimer, um, one, of the, one of the earliest called Santur, um, which is actually originally a Kashmiri folk instrument. Um, so then, uh, but now it's uh, pretty much a mainstay in Indian, uh, North Indian classical music. And so uh, I got a grant from the American Institute of Indian Studies and kind of went out there and spent a couple of years studying Santur, and now that's changed pretty much everything for me. Wow. And, and I, I bet it, we don't have to do it now, but I bet it's a very interesting story about how the, the instrument got from Kashmir in the north to uh, uh, Chennai in um, the, the south of India. That's well, it's actually it's not even used too much. Um, Bala, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think it's used too much in uh, in the South Indian music, um, but it uh, it and actually was barely even used in North Indian music. Only until uh, my Guruji kind of brought it from the the folk tradition into the classical tradition. Um, that's Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma. Uh, he he brought it in the I guess what would be the the 50s and 60s. He brought it from um, kind of the aesthetic of the Kashmiri kind of folk tradition into something that's it's pretty much a mainstay now uh, in, in North Indian music. You have a, a variety of different instruments that are uh, famous. Bansuri would be the flute, you know, sitar would be yeah. um, as, as well, sarod, uh, obviously vocal, um, and then santur. Those are the ones that are kind of the most uh, famous of instruments. And so it's kind of funny how uh, now it's become a, a, a major part of the tradition, even though it never started there, similar to the violin. You know, we're not yeah. talking even that long ago uh, before, when the violin wasn't used at all in South Indian music. We're talking about 150 years ago. You know, that before then, which was you know thousands of years, it never actually was there. Uh, then the the vina was was the main accompanying instrument. Um, though now the vina is not doing uh, is not as popular just because it's I think a hard instrument to play. But um, it's funny how how traditions and classical forms can just uh, change constantly. Yeah. So um, he's he's absolutely right, Patrick. I, I, it, it, uh, you know, I brought Max into this group, um, um, and I don't think it's um, uh, it's. Uh, I would doubt if there's any Carnatic uh, traditional setting where people would be playing dulcimer. So, uh, or Santur but, even. You know, yeah. Yeah, in Santur, and and um, so that's the interesting thing about Akshara is that although the the music, uh, what I know is Carnatic music, so I write it. But these guys bring their um, background, their experiences, um, you know, their take on 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 what I write, and add a, add a lot of interesting um, depth to it, and that's what makes uh, I think the the, the group uh, somewhat somewhat of an interesting group. Uh, well, it's a very interesting group, and I want to play some of the very interesting group's music. This is Fine Gap.
that at one point in your life um, you lived in London and you formed a band. Um, is the title of this from those days in London, or does it have a particular meaning in this song, or both? Um, so yeah, so I did have a band um, that has a different name, um, and uh, there are a few people I believe who are still keeping that name. So um, so I won't get into that. But um, all the music from Akshara, they, they, uh, all of that was written after I moved to New York. Um, so the the mind the gap you just played, um, it's probably about I would say. Four years ago, uh, that I wrote the music, sort of midway through. Okay. After it. Now, I wanted to play that song particularly because uh, the rhythms in it, and in all music, and uh, all Indian music, but the rhythms in that song are very forward and they're very complex. Um, are there mathematical relationships in drumming that play a role in composing your music? Uh, absolutely. So the, um, uh, I mean. Uh, the, in, in Indian percussion, um, th- there's a lot of stuff that goes on, which is sort of mathematically elegant. Um, but um, on, on the South Indian side, um, it, it can get fairly complex, and um, and it has to be um, the grammatically correct. Um, so if you have a, a something that's somewhat complex, but uh, it still has to add up mathematically. So it's it's quite an interesting situation to be in. I'm sure Max can tell you uh, stories about uh, <laughs> yeah. having to deal with the aspects of it. Yeah, I mean, that, coming from, from my, my background, um, you know, in the West, we're very uh, kind of just accustomed to and focused on four and like if and maybe three, you know, four would be like pretty much every bit of Western music you've heard, which is like one, right. two, four, three, four, four, two, 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 three, four, exactly. Three uh-huh. would be kind of like a, uh, a waltz, like one, two, right. three, one, two, three. Um, but uh, in, in North Indian and in, uh, and in South Indian music, there's um, uh, major elements of what we like to call odd meter, uh, which is be fives, sevens, nines, tens, elevens, thirteens, fifteens, and all that stuff um, was very, you can also find that actually in Balkan music as well. Um, but uh, just a slightly different subdivision, a slightly different way of thinking about it. But learning all of that stuff was uh, was pretty tough for me. And actually, the easiest way for me to actually do this was um, there are these great uh, boxes that you can get that are just you just press a button and it, and it cycles this rhythm for over and over and over again. And there's actually an, an app for that now, um, <laughs> which is pretty of incredible. Course. And it's amazing. It's an amazing app. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the what's so interesting about or at least what helped me learn that style um, of music or being able to play in that stuff really easily was the fact that all the percussion instruments have pitch. And so that allows for there to be a melody within the drum beat, uh, which you don't really have in the West. Normally in the drum, in the West, you have, you know, bass drum, snare, maybe some toms and some hi-hats and Uh some cymbals. But generally speaking, it's just bass and snare, you know? Uh, And, and in, in Indian music, there's a melody, there's pitch shifting, there's pitch bends, there's, you can just sing the melody, and then afterwards you add it up, and you realize, oh, that's in ten, oh, that's in five, oh, that's in fifteen, you know, oh, that's in nine, and uh, it 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 made it really easy. I just started to sing the the rhythm, uh, and real, and then only afterwards, you know, did you realize that it's this odd meter thing that I wouldn't have been able to kind of do if I, you know, just kind of got stuck in my fours and my threes. Um, so playing with with Akshara and especially having second. a composer Let be a drummer. Do yeah, you yeah. actually do arithmetic when when you when you compose? Do you actually add things up? Um, yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you you um, so the, the the two things you do you you sort of um, you know you keep your metronome to um, to compose and then you let's say that you do a, a somewhat sort of complex phrase that goes over, you know, maybe five, ten cycles and whatnot. And then and then what I would do is I would I would just mathematically figure it out that, that it's actually grammatically correct because sometimes when you're doing something really complex, you it's it um you know it can be uh, it can be deceiving a little bit. So let's say that the, the, the note value adds up to you know sixty seven but you thought that it would fit into something that was like only 65 and it might fit in very nicely. And then when you add it up, you go, uh, uh-uh, 
that's not correct. So then you have to go back and correct it. So that's that's kind of wow. how you do it. Wow. <laughs> and to have the composer of all this music coming from that standpoint, um, especially as a Westerner, is like you know almost every composer is a, a, a piano player or a vocalist, and to have yeah. it come from drums is like oh, uh, it just yeah. it, it just makes it uh, tricky and really interesting and unique. I, I have one friend who, who's a drummer, and she's also a composer too, and uh, she. It, admits that there aren't very many uh like her at all that that's really marvelous uh I, yeah i i because i've gotten into the cone i've gotten into latin rhythms which sure. are are not four four um, the clave of course is is three two three two and there are six eights etc so i've learned a little bit about that but what you're talking about is is um uh far beyond uh me and i, I and i have a doctorate it's still far beyond me <laughs> But so, clave, you know, clave is really interesting because it it operates in you know in in four and six and twelve and uh, and and it's it kind of it, it's an interesting kind of way of thinking about music. I'm I'm really into Argentinian music and uh, and Afro Peruvian music too. So it's uh, that's something that's really especially as a cajon, you know, that's 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 prime time territory for that world. Yeah. So clave is really interesting is how it uh, goes over the bar and how you're supposed to feel. Uh, this kind of like sub pulse, you know, that's um, going on other than just the standard straight four or three, you know, and you don't find that too much in, in Indian music though. Or, or, or in, in uh, rock and roll for that matter. In yeah. Latin music, frequently the spine of the rhythm is the clave or it's a cowbell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the, it's not the bass and it's not, it's not the toms and it's not the high of the man may not yeah. even have them. And even though you may be looking at a band that's got congos and um, uh, bongos and several other percussion instruments up there, it's that guy over there or that woman over there with the with the two sticks that mm-hmm. are actually keeping the rhythm going. For all of my it. listeners, if you want to hear more of this, you should tune into my my Wednesday show, Musica Fusion LA, when we when we have those bands on and we uh, we give you examples. But right now, um, I actually want to play, now that we've had this conversation, I I think we should actually play a little bit more of uh, Mind the Gap, which will allow, I think, our listeners to have kind of a better understanding of what they're listening to. So let's play a little bit more of Mind the Gap here. Mind the gap. <laughs> For the mind the gap. Um, well, that one's probably actually, our simplest tune on the on the record. Yeah, actually. that's actually <laughs> a, that's just in kind of four four really. So that's not that complex. Um, I think unfortunately um, uh, because of your um, system issues, we're not able to play. Um, th- so there's another song called um, uh, Opus in Five, and that would have been right. very interesting because that is actually in a, in a five uh, five bar and. We also get into triplets, so that kind of becomes like a 15-beat wow. cycle, and so that that's a, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, but um, yeah, if they have any specific questions, we're happy to answer. Well, actually, why don't we just remind our listeners <clears throat> that they are listening to Music Friday Live, and we're talking with Balas Kandan and uh, Max, uh, founder of the ensemble uh, Akshara. 
And you can talk with them, too. You know the number. You can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email. Several of you have already emailed, but I'll give you the address anyway, musicfridaylive at, at gmail.com. All right, let's go to the emails here. Okay, Birkin in Los Angeles uh, says, you should check out the Bollywood dance party in Santa Monica. Does this happen in New York City? A little off the topic, but, you know, there it is. Well, we had Basement Bhangra, which was a, 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 an amazing, amazing kind of Bhangra dance party uh, hosted by DJ Reka. I think it just finished. Uh, it was a 20 years, 20 years of, of that was going on in New York. Um, additionally, in New York, there's a great organization that uh, that I'm one of the artistic directors for, and Bala is a major part of as well, uh, called Brooklyn Raga Massive. Um, and we Bala has played and, and organized stuff for them, and as it, and, and I have as well, and it's a really amazing organization of uh, of people that are are inspired by or play uh, North or South uh, Indian classical music um, and everything in between. So that also means you know Coltrane because Coltrane was incredibly inspired by uh, by Indian classical music. Even um, he even named his son Ravi after Ravi Shankar. Um, we also do a lot of stuff with um, uh, Terry Riley, um, which is a great kind of Western um, composer who is also uh, really inspired by uh, Indian classical music, and Lamont Young is another great composer as well. And so there's a lot of different people that have this lens of Indian classical music that we we kind of bring in. And I think it's kind of all over the country. You can find these organizations. Um, there's one in D.C. as well, and um, one in San Francisco um, that has these great uh, different kind of uh, ex- exposes the audience to this this type of music. Um, I know the Al Akbar College in um, in San Rafael, I believe. Um, up in the Bay Area is a great uh, resource as well. Wow, that that was tough. Uh, I want to thank uh, Birkin for the question. You know, we have been having so much fun, even without being able to play music, that we're practically out of time. But uh, I did want to get, uh, I did want to ask you another question on my own. And and you you mentioned um, the, um, uh, or I mentioned earlier that. Uh, you brought a number of people to, together, the Brooklyn Massive Raga and the House of Waters. Um, I noticed that um, uh, BRM is producing a concert of flamenco and raga music at the end of the month. Is there kind of a hip Indian fusion music scene in Brooklyn that you're part of? Oh, yeah. It's it's happening. Um, well, you could probably speak more on it, but um, as someone who's kind of been in the scene for quite a bit longer than I have, but it's it's pretty uh, impressive what's going on right now. You know, there's so much um, influence that you can get from Indian classical music and, and then bringing it into other forms of music. Um, even here in, in Akshara, you know, we have North Indian and South Indian percussion. We have violins. We have a hammer dulcimer. We have a cello. Um, we have uh, konakol, which is the, the vocal rhythm. We have kanjira, which is a single hand drum. Um, well, really you mash- feel, there's a lot, of, really mash- a lot of mashups going on. Great, I, I love it. I know there's another group uh, there that has saxophones, and uh, so it sounds like a great scene. Well, unfortunately, um, the great scene here is uh, that we have to say goodbye. Um, but before we do that, why don't you tell people where the best place is to get your music? So um, we have a, a fantastic website, um, uh, Akshara Music. So www.akshara-music.com. And also our CDs are available uh, on CD Baby. So if you go to cdbaby.com and search for Akshara Music, um, that's you'll find that there as well. Correct. And I love it that you're on CD Baby, that people can actually get the real thing in their hand. And I actually have a copy of it right here. It's beautifully done. And I urge all of our listeners to get a real copy because, A, musicians make more money that way, and B, this is a beautiful work of art in its own. Well, Bala and Max, I want to thank you so much for taking time this afternoon to be with. My apologies for the technical problems, but, uh, you know, that means that people just really need to get your album to hear all the music that we couldn't play today. So absolutely, thank you you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, Patrick. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Our partner, World Arts, has a message for you right now, and then we're going to be back with the rigs. Don't go away. 
World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Arts, it's all about the music. And that was our broadcast partner, World Arts, the global music platform that connects artists and fans and brands and industry pros. And you should be part of World Arts. So sign up at www.worldarts.com. It's free. We are there, and you should be there, too. Well, I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host. And, of course, we always love to hear from you. You can email us. Uh, you can chat. Uh, you can um, uh you know, do whatever you want. Use smoke signals, whatever. But best probably today is email. We are having some technical problems with the uh, the radio platform. Uh, however, I think we've pretty much solved most of them. But in any case, um, we do want you to uh, have an opportunity to find out about our wonderful sponsor who will take you to a wonderful vacation. So hang on. We're going to Mexico. Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities, you'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at MySanFelipeVacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.MySanFelipeVacation.com today. That's www.MySanFelipeVacation.com. See you in San Felipe. Southern California, Arizona, there's a fabulous vacation waiting for you, only a half a day's drive away in San Felipe on Mexico's Sea of Cortez. Sign up, mysanfelipevacation.com, and use the discount code MFLA5, and you will get a 5% discount on everything that you book. So see you, and see you on the coast in San Felipe. Well, you know, there's some music you dance to. And there's some music that you headbang to, and there's some music that you listen really carefully to, and there's some you just sort of abandon yourself to. The rigs make music that manages to get you to do all of the above simultaneously. T.J. Stafford and Caitlin Parrott, the duo called The Rigs, began collaborating in 2014 and created essentially a new genre, synth, pop, alt, rock. And it's fabulous. <laughs> both both, <laughs> both let me introduce you before you laugh, okay? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Both prolific songwriters on their own, the combination is more than the sum of the parts. And I am not the only one who thinks so. Their tracks have been featured on major television shows like HBO's True Blood, AMC's Walking Dead, NBC's Parenthood, etc., etc., and many more. They mix dreamy, spacey, emotion-laid vocals with harrowing melodies in a musical environment that is unique, unexpected, it breaks rules, upends conventions, and it makes people feel good. Today is the release date of their new album, World on Fire, which does all of the above, and we have them here, and this is going to be a lot of fun because you can tell they're already laughing. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for such a great album, and what's so funny? Thank you. Oh, no, thanks for having us. Um, I, I just love hearing the category. I think we should just make that a new category. Uh, well, love it. I, think, <laughs> I think you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've been listening to these songs all week, um, uh, sort of while I work 
while I worked, and then yesterday I put on the headphones and I pulled up the lyrics and immersed myself. I'm not sure that I have resurfaced again, right? Do, do oh. you guys get immersed when you record or you perform? You kind of leave the planet? Uh, yeah, it happens a lot, especially especially in the studio. Uh, I get very immersed and lost to what's going on in the outside world. Uh, Caitlin, you you have you had a comment there. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just music is an, an escape as it is, but definitely the stuff I feel like it's yeah, easy okay. to get lost in. Well, you know, there's a great video of the two of you on your Facebook page uh, screaming and laughing in the studio. <laughs> was uh, was is primal screaming good preparation for a world on fire? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. That was a that was a fun moment. I um, TJ and our producer Smitty were trying to help me get into the the zone for a track that we were recording, and and they thought that it would be helpful if I just like really let loose. So <laughs> and you both did. And, and and our audience, yeah, I was just there as a yeah, I was just there as an encouragement and example of how to. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Primal screaming seems to be a, a good therapy for me, so I'm I'm good at it. All right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I I want to recommend to our audience after the show today to go to your website and uh, or your Facebook page and watch you screaming in the studio because it's hilarious. So now <laughs> that we've settled a, a, uh, uh, that, why don't we take why don't we play a little bit of the title track? This is World on Fire. inside your mind for memories of the lightning strike. Listen for the thunder, hear it echo through the chambers of your mind. Is the world on is is the world really on fire? Do do we all collectively have those memories? Uh do you have those memories? Yeah, I think well, I mean obviously from a geopolitical standpoint it kind of feels that way. Um this one was this one the timing just worked out because it was it, it was more from a a personal standpoint of remembering those times when you were, when lightning did strike or you heard thunder and you felt good or powerful and kind of trying to tap back into that when you see the world around you on fire again, or even the world inside you on fire again. Oh, okay. Do you have anything to say about that, Caitlin? I mean, I, I, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's um it's easier to like tap into those those moments and those memories after the fact for sure. Um, sometimes when it's happening around you, it's like just completely overwhelming, and you have to like wait for it all to pass before you can like recognize it for what it was, and then like tap back into it um, to get you through like the next catastrophic situation. Well, you know, there's, there's a moment of complacency too that. Uh, it helps to go back to those memories to kind of like get yourself out of so you can fight what you need to fight. Yeah. Well, the, the musical structure of the song sort of 
parallel to that. It's really brilliant. You start with a short, almost Indian drone, and then the synth notes fly through the room like deranged birds or insects. And, Caitlin, your voice kind of very purposely strides through all of this, and it brings us to a climax. Did, did you write all that out, or did it kind of develop as you worked on it? Uh, most of the stuff, yeah, most of the stuff develops uh, as we work on it. We kind of go, and thus the um, schizophrenia of the production on the album, for lack of a better word, but we kind of go from a standpoint of what does this song need as opposed to like what is our sound or what is the genre that we're trying to fit into. So, okay. and at this time we were, we were very much in, uh, had a thing for like, old yes albums and um <laughs> this the synths and organs and stuff that they would do and like uh so right. that's where it led it felt, it felt like it was appropriate <laughs> all right well uh, your voice in that caitlin is just sort of perfect the way it floats through all of that chaos going on there and, and speaking of what you bring caitlin there is a wonderful video of you playing the ukulele and singing Over the Rainbow, right? Uh-huh. Do you ever think you could sneak that into into one of your songs? The ukulele or Over the Rainbow? Oh, either one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Over the Rainbow is one of my favorite songs of all time, and, and I, I think I learned how to play ukulele for that song. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not afraid of sneaking anything into <laughs> into our music. I don't know if you've noticed, but <laughs> I have noticed. Yes, I have noticed. All right. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch and see if uh, the ukulele turns up in in any of your your songs, or if or if you sneak over the rainbow in. But in the meantime, <laughs> well, now those those are both. That sounds like a challenge now. So consider it done. Okay. All right. Well, if you do it. Let me know. We'll have you back on the show. Uh, in the meantime, right. um, I want to play another sample of um, of the. I guess Caitlin of your singing, although it's this is definitely not over the the rainbow. This is white flag. song for Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the inspiration for that, with a, a song that has lines like, one kiss to bait and charm me, one look and you disarm me, lost my grip, I'm falling free, and now you've got me on my knees? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, that song is just, that was written from a very personal place of feeling like, um, I just completely lost my freedom to a relationship and it was uh it's a freedom that I wanted to and was willing to give up. I you know, I um getting real personal here, I had never been in a relationship and I'm you know well I'm not gonna tell you how old I am, but old enough to have been in many. And um and I was very much used to living an independent life with no one to be accountable to, no one's feelings that I had to consider for anything. And something about love makes you, like, want to give all of that up, you know? Yeah. And so that um, that was kind of my anthem to <laughs> deciding that I would rather feel like a slave to, like, love and to, like, the glorious world that could be opened up to me by surrendering then to continue living like, like I was just completely free and independent. 
Well, now I know. Now I understand why I was thinking of Fifty Shades of Grey in there. Um, <laughs> you you two have a knack for instrumental emphasis. You use symbols or symbol-like sounds to underscore your lines, and you can add a real stomach punch to some lines. It's almost exhausting, actually, in a good way uh, to listen. <laughs> Do you get drained by recording and performing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think anything that you put that much passion to and that is that deep of a love is definitely draining. But but one of those great drainings where you go home and you're good exhausted after uh, leaving it all out there. So okay, and we try and, and we try to convey that with the production and songwriting. You do. I mean, obviously you do, and I really recommend that, that folks listen to your music with headphones on, but that the headphones have a long cord so they can move around. Now, the, right. that, I do that because the words are important. Uh, now, which are harder for you, the words and the music? Mm-hmm. For me, the the words are always harder. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, yeah I, I, I agree, because I... I feel like it's so difficult to, especially as, you know, kind of a self-proclaimed poet, like you want your words to mean something. And like my, when I listen to music is lazy lyricism. Um, I just really think that there's so much, you can have so much power in what you say and then how you marry it with the instrumentation and the melody behind it. So to kind of like, slack off on lyrics just feels like a totally wasted opportunity. So I feel like there's a little bit more pressure, at least for me, when it comes to wanting to make sure that we're saying exactly what we want to say and saying it in a way that's beautiful and, and um, moving. Well, you, you, you managed to pull that off very well. Let me remind our audience that uh, we're talking with the duo The Rigs uh, about uh, your latest album, uh, World on Fire, and you can talk with them too. You can call us uh, 347-215-7511, although our platform's having a little bit of technical problem. It might be easier to email, and some of you have already emailed in, and that's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And actually, i got a couple emails here. Um, Reston in Austin. I like that, Reston in Austin. What gear do you use, and do you auto-tune your voices? Okay. Oh, gosh, that's... We use all the gears. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, with an album like this one, it's uh, it's a lot of in the box production through uh, synths and Pro Tools that we use. Um, uh, I've I played primarily on a Les Paul Gibson Jr. when it's electric stuff, run through an orange amp. I mean that's that gets really boring talk really quickly, but. Um, uh, we use a well, manly do you microphone. Auto-tune? Yeah. No, okay. we we don't auto tune, but we throw vocals to the washer to make them sound as good as possible. Okay. Um, K girl yeah. in Los Angeles wants to know where can we see you live in LA. That is a great question. We are totally guilty of being just like complete homebodies and studio bats and um, we struggle to get out as much as we would like to but um, we are planning uh, in the early stages of planning a release show Um, we love to play at the Troubadour when we can Mm -hmm. but we haven't booked anything yet okay all right well I think you just answered the next question which is from Vanessa in Tampa who wants to know if you're going to be touring on the uh, the uh, the East Coast, but apparently nothing in the in the in your plans right now. No, there's nothing in the books yet, but there's always uh, possibilities of tours. Right. But like we said, we love we love being in the studio and cranking music out. So <clears throat> that's where our wheelhouse. So you probably that probably the same answer for Bruce Fourteen uh, in Austin, who wants to know if you have ever played South by, or if you plan to play South by. Um, I've played there uh, personally uh, with past past bands, but um, not with the rigs. The best thing, I think, with all these emails is this is a great way to start demand for us to tour. So put those voices out there because then 
and we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, everybody should go to your your um, your website, your Twitter feed, your Instagram, and put in um, responses and replies and uh, that say, "Please tour. Come to my come to my town." <laughs> uh, exactly. You know, uh, although your music has been in a lot of places, it's it's been in some major TV shows and. Uh, I, I wonder, do you write music for specific scenes, or do the music directors pick existing songs for their shows? They, um, we don't usually typically write for a scene. Um, we just like to write music, and then we kind of make it available for music supervisors to find and and place where they like it. Um, but yeah, we we basically just write for ourselves and then make it available for other okay. people to incorporate. All right. Okay. Well, since you write for yourselves uh, and we all enjoy it, uh, and this album is dropping today, I want to let everybody know that today is the day you can get a, you can get your copy of uh, World on Fire. Why don't we play another song from it? Why don't we play When We Are Young? on that one and uh, I don't know there are moments where you think that you'll never capture that feeling again and I get sad when I think about that and that's kind of where this this song came from alright well uh, speaking getting sad uh, a, a lot of the music on this album is very dark um, some of your music is what I would call um, catacomic uh, coming oh, out of the catacomb I like that word yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you can use it. Not now. Not all of your songs are that way. Throughout all of your songs, like right. "Wade in the Water" and "Coming Home" and "Lady Bird" um, and "When We Were Young," they're not catacomic, but they're serious. Where does all this mm-hmm. darkness come from? You certainly don't seem dark and catacomic. I mean, you look like you're enjoying life, and you laugh in the studio and scream at each other. And where does all this darkness come from? It comes from life, but I also think it's it's part of a therapeutic cathartic process that we have we're both very we both tend to be self-aware and are not ignorant to the world and so it takes some of this processing to speak about it so that we can be carefree and have fun and love and but we're also both introverts that like to spend a lot of time alone and reading books and thinking and darkness dark thoughts pop up so you got Got to process them somehow. Yeah. At least that's my day. Kaylin may have a very different one. Kaylin? <laughs> I mean, no, that's, I think that's all really true. I think that, um, you know, and I, I personally try to live my life in a very, like, you know, carefree and um, full of life, full of love kind of way. But at the same time, if you don't have an outlet to process all of the, the real life that actually happens, you know, like life is as as much as you want to live a life full of rainbows and butterflies, like it's not, that's not a reality. Um, and there has to be an outlet for processing the real, you know, tragedies of life and, and, or not even tragedies, but just the, the dark reality. thoughts. 
yeah, there's just a lot of reality to process, and and I think that we both tend to get that out through music. Okay. Well, uh, one of the realities we have to process is the fact that we're getting a little tight on time, uh, but there's yeah. another song um, I just have to play, uh, this, this being uh, Los Angeles, and that is Fault Line. <laughs> I think that's actually a good thing to touch on, especially at the end, is that all of our darkness that we portray, we try to make sure that there's a, a ray of light in there because there always is. Um, so there's always an answer, but you've got to wrestle with those those gray areas and that darkness um, to get to that well, point, or truly get to that point. Yeah. Musically, you do so very, very well. Well, before we leave, I want to make sure people know where they can get the album because it's just out today. Where would you like them to go? Yeah, um, we'd send people to our website, www.therigsofficial.com. It's going to have all of the information that you need to find us. Um, find, you know, merch, find our album, find, you know, tour dates if they come up. <laughs> um, everything you need to know, all the news is here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, like I say, we've been the, the clock is telling us we've been having too much fun. We've been down in the, the catacombs, uh, um, mm-hmm. and I think we emerge now to, to make sure that that people do go to your website, get a copy of the album. This is we've only been able to play little pieces of little, of a few songs on it, and the uh, uh, you want to you want to hear all of them because they're, they're, each song is an adventure on its own and. I love your music. I love the album. I love talking with both of you. Um, please let me know when, you're, you. when you actually do come out of the house and play in Los Angeles, okay? <laughs> I, I we would, will. Uh, all right. Cause I yeah, love thank this. you for having us on. We, re- we really appreciate it. Okay. Well, we'll have you back on the show uh, when, you do come, uh, when you do start a tour, and, and thank you for being with us today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk uh, Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and get real-time updates on our guest. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartleben. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download mm-hmm. this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday. Be here next Friday, although next Friday is part of the holiday weekend, So we, but we've managed to snag an interview with Jade, which will be this week, which we're going to run, we're going to release next Friday at 11 o'clock. So check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page for any updates. That's it for now. Have a great musical weekend, and I'm going to leave you with a little bit more of When We Were Young. 
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.